Well, hello, People's Church. It's good to see your smiling faces today. Are you glad to be in God's house today? Uh, it's good to be here to lift up the name of Jesus. We've got some of our church family down at the Red River in Texas. Come on, all you Sooner fans, are you happy today? Come on, are you? Are the Cowboys fans happy today? Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> it's good to be in God's house. I truly believe success starts on Sundays in God's house, lifting up the name of Jesus, worshiping our Savior, hearing the preaching of God's word. Your week's going to be better because you started it off in God's house. Hey, church, I'm excited for this series called Taking Ground. I believe as your pastor, I believe there's more ground for you to take. I believe there's more ground in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your career. As a church, there's more ground for us to take. Do you believe that your best days are ahead of you? That's 12 of you. I said, do you believe your best days are ahead of you? I'm going to teach you how to take ground. I'm excited for that series. Next week will be Robert Madua be in the house. That following week, I'm going to be talking about how you can take ground and enter the promised land that God has for your life. Today, you're in for a special treat. One of my dear friends is here to preach God's word. His first time to People's Church. And you're going to love Pastor Jimmy Rollins. He's a prince of preachers and we've got connected through the association of related churches and you know I serve on uh, the lead team with the association of related churches and we've just been able to connect throughout the years and I love what God is doing in his life. He pastors I-5 Church in Baltimore, Maryland. How many know God's moving on the East Coast too? How many know that? Yeah, and he's just a great man of God. Jimmy, I love you because you're the real deal. You love God. You love people. You love pastors. I love that you love the word. I love how you love your wife, your kids. I love how you love our Savior. Would you put your hands together and would you welcome my friend, your new friend, Pastor Jimmy Rollins. What's up, People's Church? Can we give God some praise in this place? Amen, amen. I'm ready to preach. I see a B3 organ. Come on, y'all. We might go all day. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Uh, just incredible, incredible church. Honestly, I'm just taking it all in, what God is doing here. Uh, I just want to just encourage you. I had this thought as I was sitting there. Be careful uh, to call regular what others would call revival. What God is doing here is absolutely amazing. If you love your church, will you give God some praise? Amen. And your pastors are some of the greatest people, the most genuine uh, people. Irene and I absolutely love them. They are amazing. They have been with us through some crazy seasons. And I just want to thank y'all for just loving us uh, in spite of us. And y'all are amazing. I'm telling you, just, just give me, I just want, one day, I just want to be like you. You know what I mean? Uh, can we give it up for Herbert and Tiffany? Come on, let's just give God, honor them, their family, your sacrifice with God. Uh, has done and is doing here in your church, and uh, this, is, this is amazing. Uh, I got my son with me. Uh, he is 17, a junior in, in high school, and uh, he's security, y'all. He's security. Don't start none, won't be none. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm just glad, grateful for him. Here's a picture of my family, a little bit about us. There we are. There, my wife, uh, she's sitting on my lap. She's 20 years in June. We celebrated 20 years of marriage in June. Amen. 
My daughter Kayla, uh, right there to her left, uh, she's a, a, a freshman, her first year, first semester at Highlands College in, in, in Alabama. That's my son Jaden. He's there. He's grown up a lot uh, since then. I think he might be on steroids. I'm joking. He's not. Um, and then my daughter Maya, she's 14. And then we got two Bulldogs, two English Bulldogs, and, you know, somebody I can talk to when everybody doesn't like me, you know. Uh, and so I thank God for my family. Uh, God has done a tremendous miracle in our family over the last five years. I told y'all we've been married 20 years. It's been about the best five years ever. Come on. Uh, and and uh, it's been amazing. And uh, as Pastor uh, talked about, I pastor a church called I-5 City in Baltimore. The I stands for impact. Uh, and there's five things that God has given us to do in our city, food, water, shelter, clothing, and care. Uh, and that name was on purpose. I took over my parents' church in, in 2012 and relaunched it. It was, it was a traditional uh, African-American church. Actually, it was, it was 99.5% African-American because my wife is biracial. <laughs> and God has called us to really uh, go after diversity. And with that, we changed the name. Uh, in, in Matthew 25, Jesus has this conversation with his disciples. And he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick and in prison, you cared for me. And that's where we find the five missional points of our church, food, water, shelter, clothing, and care. We want to impact the world in those five uh, areas. And we say this in Baltimore, that we're not a church that does outreach. We're an outreach powered by a church. And how many of y'all know that Baltimore needs Jesus? Come on, somebody. So y'all put us on your prayer list. <laughs> you know, it would be great. I'm excited to preach God's word. Uh, Y'all ready for God's word this morning? Uh, if you'll turn your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel chapter 5, uh, we're going to start at verse 17 and kind of go through a few verses there uh, through 21. And uh, one of my favorite uh, passages of scripture here, uh, I used to have a youth ministry uh, many years ago, and it was called Breakthrough. And, uh, uh, and, and this, where, this is kind of where this message came out of, so I'm, I'm pumped to preach this, uh, this message. It says this in 2 Samuel 5, 17 through 21. It says, when the Philistines heard that David, I love this had been, had been anointed. That's not good grammar. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel. David was anointed king over Israel. They mobilized all their forces to capture him. It says this, but David was told that they were coming. So he went into the stronghold. Somebody shout stronghold. stronghold. Okay, I'm a black preacher. I know y'all have one. I'm a black Baltimore preacher, you know, and so I'm going to ask you to talk to your neighbor. Is that all right? You know, so we're going to talk to the neighbor. I'm going to say, come on, somebody. We're going to have a little church and let's go. All right. Uh, it says they were told that they were coming. So they went into the stronghold. So the Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Ephraim. So David asked of the Lord, should I go out? To fight these Philistines? Is this my battle? Should I be concerned about this? Should I lose sleep over this? And he says, you, will you hand them over to me? And it says, the Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated, he won. He defeated the Philistines there. And then he gave God a praise. He said, the Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through or broke through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named the place Balperazim, which means breakthrough. In other words, he named that place breakthrough. The Philistines then abandoned their idols, so David and his men confiscated them. I want to preach to you over the next few minutes from this topic, and I'm going to ask you to tell your neighbor this. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, go ahead and tell the person next to you, this is how I fight my battles. You got to learn how to fight. You got to learn how to take a licking and keep on 
ticking. Come on, enemy messing with you, messing with your children, messing with your finances, messing with your mind. How about we learn how to fight in this next season of our lives? Come on, somebody. I believe God is equipping the body of Christ with how to fight against the schemes and lies of the enemy. I love being a father, and honestly, I love being the father of a boy. I love my girls. I, I love it, but I can't wrestle my girls. Come on, somebody. I love uh, my girls, but I can't shadow box my girls. I can shadow box my son. It's like different when I had a son. I remember teaching him how to ride a bike. I remember teaching him how to say dada. Can I just be honest with you? I'm not all the way there yet. God is still working with me. I love teaching him how to fight. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Like in our church, you know, we got some guys, you know, that you want to, you know, I got a few guys in our church that they love Jesus, but they're not all the way there yet. And I'm not sure if I want them to be all the way there yet, just in case somebody needs to be smacked on a Sunday morning. <laughs> church a little different in Baltimore. Come on, somebody, they will, they will rob the offering, y'all. I'm telling you. <laughs> I remember teaching my son how to fight, and, and uh, I, I, here was the lesson. I said, grab a pillow, right? He didn't like this part of the lesson, and I started punching the pillow, and I, he was taking it. Uh, he was taking it. Uh, he was taking it. My wife was upset with me. I was like, no, I'm teaching the boy something that you can't teach him, right? And then I was hitting the pillow, and I said, you might want to duck. You might want to bob and weave and stop <laughs> taking the blows that I'm throwing. And then the lesson got good for him. He put down the pillow. I said, now put down the pillow and do everything you can do to take me out. I'm all for laying hands, but sometimes you got to throw them. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and he went to throwing hands, and he was trying to hit me, and he was going after me. And I was like, you got to get a little aggressive. Come on, somebody. You know what I believe? I believe that it's time for you to fight for your purpose. I believe it's time for you to fight for your destiny. I believe it's time for you to fight for your family. And God wants to equip us with how to fight the battles. I want to learn how to fight. I want to learn how to fight in the spirit. I want to learn how to fight with my worship. I want to learn how to fight with my prayer life. Come on, somebody. I don't want to have to wait till I get to church on a Sunday. I want to lay hands on my own kids. I want to learn how to fight in the supernatural. I want to learn how to pick up my word. Come on, somebody. The sword of the spirit and quote, no weapon formed against me is going to be able to prosper in this season of my life. We find David here in 2 Samuel. He has just been coronated as a king. He has just been set in as a king. He is a rookie king. He has a rookie army. David is the man, but he's just starting out. And the Bible says very specifically that the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king. The Philistines heard that David's anointing revealed his appointing. The Philistines heard that David has a new confidence. The Philistines heard that David was taking territory. The Philistines heard that David was increasing in power. The Philistines heard that David began 
to multiply. Can I let you know, I just came to tell you from Baltimore, that the enemy knows your potential. Come on, somebody. He knows your purpose. He heard that you've been worshiping more than just on a Sunday morning. He heard that you've been working on your marriage and on your relationship. He heard that you've been going to counseling. He heard that you've been going to church more than once every six weeks. Come on, somebody. He heard that you've been out on these streets forgiving people that don't deserve to be forgiven. He heard that worship has moved from lyrics to lifestyle. He heard that your best days are ahead of you and your worst days are behind you. Is there anybody in here that has a purpose and a destiny and Jesus Christ? Come on, somebody. And there's been a news flash that somebody's about to walk in a new purpose, that somebody's about to walk in a new anointing. Somebody said he had heard, he had heard, he had, that's how we say it back home. He had heard, he, 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 he had heard that this is not about me, that's a generational blessing. He had heard that people's church, that your best days are ahead of you and your worst days are behind you. He heard that this is the most diverse church, come on somebody, in the world. He heard that unity, that a church is endeavoring for unity and white folks and black folks and Hispanic folks and rich folks and poor folks. They have come together to worship the almighty God. Come on somebody, he heard that how good and pleasant it is when brethren come and dwell together in unity. Do you know that the enemy is scared of unity? Psalms 133 says, whenever there is unity, there is an anointing release, which tells me when God sees unity, he releases suddenlies. There's a suddenly about to come to your life. He heard. He heard. He heard. He heard about your greatest day. Mm -hmm. He heard that you've been in your word. Could it be that the pressure that you've been facing is not an indication that God is mad at you, but it's an indication that the enemy knows your potential? Could it be, come on somebody, that the stress that you've been going through right now Come on, somebody. It, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't the, the enemy's mad at you. He, he don't mess with people he don't fear. Could it be? Come on, somebody, that the pain, that the pressure, that the anxiety is the purpose of your life, knocking on the door to your destiny that you're about to walk in. Could it be that there's breakthrough on the other side of distress? I feel like Sometimes I want to quit because I think it's over. Come on, y'all. Every time I felt like I can't do it no more, God gives me a picture of what's on the other side if I can just break through this. You see, the Bible says that the Philistines heard. I want you to understand that the Philistines were Israel's, one of Israel's greatest rivals. They were a rival to their destiny. It seems like every time Israel would try to take two steps forward, the Philistines would want them to take two steps back. You know, the Philistines, they were a warlike, aggressive, militant people and a longtime opponent of the Israelites. Various forms of the Philistines appear over 300 times in the Old Testament. 
The Philistines, they would not attack you head on. They would scatter throughout your territory and want to cause mixture. In other words, they didn't want you to know that they were even there. Sometimes the Philistines will show up at work. Come on, somebody. Sometimes the Philistines will show up at Thanksgiving. Sometimes the Philistines will sit next to you at a football game. Come on, somebody. Just the thing that just keeps bothering you, that you just don't really deal with and you don't really want to mess with. But if you keep it there too long enough, you'll, you'll start to compromise with it. The Philistines, their goal was to dilute the power of the Israelites. Not always would take them out, but just lessen their authority. Just lessen who they are. I want to ask you, what is your Philistine? What is your rival? Is it fear? Is it lust? Is it insecurity? Is it diagnosis? Is it debt? Is it spiritual debt? Is it cancer? Is it grief? Is it disappointment? Is it the past? Is it no peace? Does it keep you up late at night? Does it bother you in the midst of worship? You got your hand up and, and you're trying to enter into the things of God, but it's like something's tapping you on your shoulder saying, saying that really don't work. It don't really take all of that. Come on, somebody. Somebody has decided I got to do something about these Philistines. I remember teaching my son how to fight, and when I, I told him, I said, listen, son, you were, you're graduating from, from, from elementary school to middle school, and the bullies are different. The bullies are bigger in middle school. You're going to have to be equipped with another level of fight. And he said, really? And I said, yeah. And I said, let me tell you what sometimes you have to do. Don't tell your mother I told you this. <laughs> but sometimes all you have to do is smack a bully in the mouth. Come on, somebody. Uh -huh. Sometimes all you have to do is take authority over the thing that has tried to take authority over you. Can I tell you that God wants to graduate you to another level, but you can't fight with the same weapons that you've been fighting with in the last season. Your prayer life got to go to another level. Your giving has to go to another level. Your intercession has to go to another level. I dare you to smack the past in the face with a level of worship that is not constricted to a Sunday morning, but a Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. I ain't got to wait to go to church to be a worshiper. I'm a worshiper in traffic. I'm a worshiper at Walmart. I go to Target worshiping. Come on, somebody. We got to learn how to take this thing by force. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Come on, somebody. We got to stop playing patty cake with our purpose. Oh, yeah, we're not. We got to understand we can't tiptoe through this thing. If you're going to take ground, you got to learn how to march around your Jericho until you see the thing change. God is looking for some Jacobs in the room that says, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I'm going to wrestle this thing. I'm going to fight this thing. This generational stronghold is changing in my family. Somebody's got to say it stops with me. I'm not 
not passing this down to my children. I'm not passing this down to my children's children. I'm looking for people who know how to fight. How many of y'all want to fight? Come on, somebody. Come on, look at the person next to you who says, don't start none. Come on, won't be none. The enemy been messing with me too long. I might go ahead and give God praise right now. I might go ahead and worship right now. I might go ahead and just act like, come on, somebody. I have authority right now. I'm taking this thing. I don't old school. I'm going to the enemy's camp, and I'm going to take back what he stole from me give me my joy back give me my peace back give me my mind back give me my authority back i've been playing this thing too long i'm not playing church no longer come on somebody know ye not that your body is a temple of the holy ghost i don't go to church i am church come on somebody I'm fighting this thing. I'm fighting these thoughts. I'm fighting this addiction. I'm fighting this plague. I'm fighting this warfare. I'm taking my kids' school by force. I'm taking my children's destiny by force. Can't no joker walk up on my daughter because I didn't pray him out. Come on, somebody. I'm fighting. I thought a few fathers would get happy right there. <laughs> Y'all like, no, I actually want to fight him. I understand. <laughs> Number one, if you're going to fight this battle, if you're going to win in the next season of your life, if you're going to fight for your marriage, if you're going to fight for your purity, if you're going to fight for this city, if you're going to fight for unity and against racism, Number one, you have to pursue what has been pursuing you. Oh, I ain't running from this thing no more. Oh, I, I get it. I, I'm not taking my kickball and go home. Come on, somebody. I, I'm going to stand up and fight this time. I believe this, that some of us need a posture change. Come on. Put your head up. Pick your countenance up. I believe you sometimes you fight with your countenance. Coming in church, woe is me. How you doing? Blessed. You're not blessed. You're stressed. You're broken. You're upset. You got more month than you got money. But I'm changing my countenance. I am a child of the most high God. Do you know who my daddy is? How about we stop? telling God how big our giants are and start telling our giants how big our God is. Can I just encourage you? If he did it before, he gonna do it again. Does God have a resume? And I got about three or four or five hundred people that if you look back over your life, you would not be where you are without the grace and the mercy, come on somebody, and the faithfulness of God. Has God blessed anybody? Has God helped anybody? Has his faithfulness been enough to anybody? Matter of fact, let me encourage you. If he did it back there, he's going to do it again. God does not waste grace. Grace, come on somebody, is the anointing for the race of God in your life. My ladder is better than my past. I'm going to pursue 
what has been pursuing me. The Bible says that when David heard about it, he went into the stronghold. I love that. David said, I ain't no punk. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm taking this thing by force. David said, listen, I remember the last time the Philistines came and Goliath plagued us talking trash. I don't understand. David showed up with a cheese sandwich and said, why in the world are y'all allowing this devil to talk trash? Why is he all in your future, all in your mind, talking trash? David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? David looked at a whole army and said do you know who you are David looked at a whole army and says why are y'all shrinking back David says we got to stop running from it and run towards it he says he went into the stronghold somebody say stronghold don't that sound like a good Christian word and he went into the stronghold Sound like King James, don't it? Sound like Bishop Jakes would say he went into. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready to the stronghold. What is a stronghold? What place did David go to? The Bible says that this takes place at the valley of Rephraim. Somebody say Rephraim. Rephraim was the place where the cave of Adullam was. The cave of Adullam was the place that David hid out when he was running from Saul. So now David has some authority? You mean, you mean to tell me, Pastor, that the place of hiding can become the place of healing? Uh-huh, I do, I do. I, I, mean, I meant to say that. Come on, somebody. You mean to tell me the place that the enemy tried to break you down could be the place of breakthrough this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean the place of insecurity can actually be the place of security? Yes, if you run to it and stop running away from it. Isn't it crazy how sometimes other people have a more passion for our breakthrough than we do ourselves? What is a stronghold? Well, Paul suggests this in 2 Corinthians 10. I don't have time to dig into this, but you should read this later. It says, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of, come on church, for the pulling down of strongholds. No, no, look at verse 5. Casting down arguments, arguments. Yeah, y'all ever been in a good argument? Come on. Me and my wife got in one last week. She won. <laughs> Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing Every thought, there, there it is, into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready, watch this, to punish, I love that, to fight all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Paul suggests that a stronghold is an accusation or a lie that the enemy plants in the mind of believers that demean the character and nature of God's word. Oh, my God. Before someone ever gets addicted to a drug or an alcohol or a person, they first are addicted to a thought that they need something outside of the Holy Spirit to satisfy them. Oh, I wish I had a church in here. 
And so when you get addicted to a thought, that thought gets to your heart. And then your mouth starts saying what your mind was thinking. So your mouth starts saying, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm always going to be broke. He just like my daddy. Your mind starts saying, we're never going to be get ahead. And you're, you're not ever fighting against the enemy down there. You're fighting against the enemy in here. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what you say is what you get. So you're actually fighting against your own words. So some of us need to pursue what has been pursuing us. Any of y'all ever got jumped before? I got jumped. I live in Baltimore. (laughs) Like, I talk trash in the wrong neighborhood. Like, there's a hood, then there's the hood hood. Y'all I'm talking about, right? So we were talking trash in this basketball game, and and we was in the wrong neighborhood. I didn't realize that until I went outside after the game. And we won the game, but lost the battle after the game. Come on, somebody. Talking trash, we beat the team, and um, your mama jokes was coming out, and, and I was young, I was 16, and, and I walked out, and there was a whole community. There was a generation of people. There was aunties, there was uncles. I'm, y'all, this is the hood. They had rollers in their hair. Come on, somebody. Some of them didn't have hair. They had just bought it in the bag. Come on, somebody. At the store. I'm talking about they had chains, they had bats, and, 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 I, I, and I, I didn't know what to do, and I was overweight and the slowest, so I ran first. Come on, somebody. I got to running. I heard chariots of fire in the background. I thought I was, see, there's one thing called running. There's another thing called hauling tail. I was hauling, y'all. I was running, and all of a sudden, this guy started chasing me with a bat. Oh, my God. And then something happened. He threw the bat. Who throws the bat? <laughs> I heard the bat fall. I was like, oh my God. A bat. So I did what any overweight slow kid who ran first would do. I picked up the bat and I said, you've been pursuing me, but now I'm turning the tables and I'm going to pursue you. The enemy has thrown your past at you. He has thrown generational strongholds at you. He has thrown your sin at you. But the word tells me in Revelation, come on somebody, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. He threw your story at you, but it's time for you to pick up your story and say I'm going to pursue what has been pursuing me somebody needs to put down shame and pick up your testimony and says look what the Lord has done I'm turning the tables on the enemy what the enemy meant for bad God will turn around and use for your good I decided something. I'm just going to tell it all. I I decided something, Pastor Herbert, that if I testify about it, he can't keep me in shame from it. So I'm going to go ahead and say, look what the Lord has done. Yes, 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 yes. 
He finished it. I, I struggle with it sometimes, but he finished it. it. The work has already been done. Pursue has been pursuing you. Here's my last thought. It says that he went into the stronghold. Number two, it says this. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king. Check out what it goes on to say. It says that he, he asked of the Lord. Look at 1819. So David asked of the Lord, should I go out? And the Lord replied to David. What? He asked. Hold on, hold on, hold on. David got bank. David's got an army. Come on. David got 22s on his chariot. <laughs> David got a mansion. You mean to tell me David just didn't seek his hands but actually sought his face? Can I just encourage you? Don't get brand new with Jesus when he gives you brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because what we like to do is we like to seek God and then we get it and he can't find us in the spot where we saw him. Well, where'd it go? Well, I was seeking his hand, not his face. David asked of the Lord. In other words, this. Just because you arrived doesn't mean that you still don't need directions. Uh-huh. I got healed, but I still need direction. I got delivered, but I still need direction. I got free, but I still need direction. My marriage, got, my marriage is, is back together, but I still need direction. David inquired of the Lord. Come on, somebody. We got to learn how to have a cadence of prayer. We got to learn how to stay in the place of grace. We got to learn how to intercede. We got to learn how to have a regular devotion with God. I'm trying to tell you right now, David asked of the Lord, and the Lord replied. David had an army, but he asked of the Lord, and the Lord replied. David had money in the bank, but he asked of the Lord, and the Lord replied. David had a lot of friends, but he asked of the Lord, and the Lord replied. How about we stop just seeking what God can do for us and start seeking his face and who he is? God is looking for a church. Come on, somebody who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, David said, even though I'm winning, I'm still worshiping. I, I, I believe that God is looking for a church who will worship him. He's looking for people who will worship him. He's looking for people not, not that just wants a temporary reprieve. Oh, I didn't say this last service, but how, how about we stop praying from a break from it and start praying to break through it. Oh my God. God is not just a God of relief. He is a God of resolve. Come on, somebody. He doesn't want to just give you reprieve. He wants to give you an anointing to break through. He wants to give you the kind of words in your mouth that can look at a mountain and say, be thou removed. He wants to give you authority. He said, this is how I fight my battle. <laughs> that David... I believe he got on his knees. Come on, somebody. 
and he just said, this is this in this space right here. He said, this is how I fight my battle. Is there a couple worshipers that will stand on your feet right now and just says, I, I'm not going to throw hands. I'm going to lay them. This is how I fight my battle. He, he said, he said, I understand that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but mighty into the pulling down of strongholds. What, what has taken a, a whole generation to change? I can change because one moment in his presence changes everything. Oh, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. I got I to gotta have a cadence of worship. Is there anybody that would just act up, put up your hands in an act of surrender right now and just say, God, this, it don't matter, God, it don't matter. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm going to pursue it, God. I'm going to create a cadence of prayer. Come on, sing it out loud. But I'm surrounded by you because this is how I fight my battle on my hands and knees on my worship in my word because this this is how I fight my battle I just feel something in the atmosphere can you go with me real quick I feel because there is power in the name of Jesus come on there is power in the name of Jesus come on tell them because there is power to do what? To do what? To do what? To break. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every. Because this is how. Come on, come on. Because this is how I fight. Oh, I feel like somebody's getting their strength. I feel like somebody's getting their purpose. I feel like somebody's getting their fight back. I feel like changes are breaking in the name of Jesus. Watch this now. The Bible says that after he pursued after he prayed, watch this now, he called it breakthrough. Oh my God. I dare you, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it hasn't changed yet, but I dare you to call cancer breakthrough. I dare you to call fear breakthrough. I dare you to call discouragement breakthrough. Start naming it because when you give it a name, it will act in the name that you gave it. It is a breakthrough. I'm getting my joy. Come on, somebody, because this is how I fight my battle. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is how I fight come on, come on. Battle. This is how I fight. This is how I fight my yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how I fight my it may look like, come on, tell them. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm. Oh, I feel Jesus. It may look like I'm surrounded. There's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel Jesus. Why? There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power here to do what? Come on. To break every chain. Break every chain of addiction. Break every chain of discouragement. Break every chain of doubt. Break every chain of despair. Break every chain of prejudice. Break every chain. Let me pray over you. Here's what I believe right now. These are not just hands. 
but these are spiritual antennas. Come on, raise your spiritual antennas for the Holy Spirit to know your pain, the Holy Spirit to know your trouble, the Holy Spirit to know your fears. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come to every dark, every deep area, God, the areas that we have not even mentioned, and I pray for supernatural chains to be broken in the name of Jesus. I pray for a breaker anointing, a breakthrough anointing, that when we lay hands on our children, when we lay hands on ourselves, when we pray over our schools, that the trajectory of purpose and destiny would change for this generation and every generation to follow. This is how...